twos for the show, threes to get ready, and fours for the intro. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna start that way. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the second episode of Loophole Pod, the podcast that explores all of the legendary loopholes that have happened throughout history. I'm your host, Andy Newman, and like I promised last episode, we are going to be talking about the Saint, the Spirits of St. Louis. I'm going to get that name wrong every single time. We'll be talking about the Spirits of St. Louis, and they're a former American Basketball Association franchise, and how their owners, Ozzy and Daniel Silna, made what has come to be known as the greatest sports deal of all time, looking off nostalgically into the sunset. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about sports. I'm going to warn you guys up front. I know nothing about sports. We're lucky that it's basketball that the Silnas were interested in, because if it was football, then I would truly know nothing. I can name at least six basketball players, I'm pretty sure. Let's give it a shot. Uh, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Dr. J., uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yep, got the last one from the movie Airplane, so you know who you're dealing with. Do any of those guys still play? Heck yeah, LeBron still plays, so that counts. Count it, I should just go out for ESPN. But anyway, we're talking about basketball. I'm not going to know the sports of basketball. Will I mess up somebody's name if I try to bring it up? Yeah, maybe. Should you tweet at me angrily about it? Yeah, maybe. Am I going to respond to that tweet? Yeah, maybe. I'm not above it. <laughs> I'm going to set the scene for you guys a little bit um, about the, the Silna brothers and the greatest sports deal of all time. So I want you to imagine in your head that it's the summer of 1969. Brian Adams is singing that song all year long, and he's just standing on his lover's porch Telling her it'll last forever. That's actually playing in the background of every single person's life on earth for the entire year, not even just the summer, the entire year of 1969. So while that song is playing on loop in New Jersey, the Silna brothers, who are about 40 and 30 respectively, I believe, I think that's actually totally wrong, so don't quote me on that, but the two Silna brothers in New Jersey, are starting their own knitting company. And in two years, they managed to do really well for themselves and sell it for a solid profit while maintaining the operations. So that's how they got their riches, like most people, from knitting. I just gave that, that, uh, the girl listening to this that's working her Etsy page so much hope. You're going to do it, honey. You're going to get there. Your mittens are so cute. And you're, you know, you're unique. You're quirky for doing it. So you're definitely going to make tons and tons of money on Etsy. People do that. I've, I've, I've heard of at least. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but so the Silna brothers make their profit. And this is when Dan Silna finally realizes he can do what he's always dreamed of. He can buy a basketball team. Now, it's true that that's not what his dream was originally. When he was a little kid, 
Dan was, and when I say little kid, I mean a young adult. Dan was about 5'10". So shout out to all my six foot Tinder profiles. Dan's the same height as you. He was 5'10", weighed 150 pounds. Dude looked like he would blow over if one of those like micro fans was on him. You know, the kinds that you can buy at zoos and you just hold it and it, it really doesn't seem to do anything, but it's moving and so it makes you feel better. He would be knocked straight on his ass by one of those. So Dan can't play basketball. He works instead as a mascot for his brother while his brother plays basketball and he can't shoot it high enough when he's a kid, so he shoots it up to the rim and then one of his brother's buddies knocks it in for him to make him feel good. Dan loves the sport of basketball, despite getting benched for his entire high school basketball career and despite getting cut from his college basketball team. He loves the sport, loves shooting around, and to this day loves shooting with his grandson. But, sadly... He'll never play in the NBA, so he wants to do the next best thing. He wants to own a professional basketball team. And this is where the American Basketball Association, the ABA, gives him his chance. It's 1974, and the brothers finally find a team that they can buy. They find the ABA team, the Carolina Cougars, and they buy them for a cool $1 million in 1974 money. So that's probably like... a four hundred uh trillion dollars in today's money they moved the carolina cougars to st louis immediately considering it's the biggest american city that does not yet have a professional basketball team and they named them the spirits of st louis they got a pretty sweet logo i'll make sure that i throw it up on my twitter um at loophole pod that's right we're still shamelessly plugging it's only episode two i'm gonna do that for a few more episodes now the Spirits of St. Louis, unfortunately, don't do all that great. They have an arena that seats 10,000 people, which I know sounds great, but doesn't look great when you only sell 600 season tickets. I'm imagining in my head, and I'm going to put the picture in your head, basically it looks like that scene in Semi-Pro when Will Ferrell's dribbling down the court and there's just that one guy in the stands eating hot dogs. That was essentially what all Spirits of St. Louis games looked like for the entire two seasons uh, that they ran. The brothers were spending oh, between 2 and $3 million on the team, and they weren't making anything back. It was a labor of love, but it was not working out financially for Dan and Ozzy Silna. So the ABA, just like the Spirits of St. Louis, they're, they're starting to die. The brothers are thinking that there might be some kind of merger with the NBA soon, so they're holding out hope. They're starting to make other moves. They're looking at potentially merging with a team in Utah, and they pick up a couple of players from that team. They pick up Moses Malone, who apparently is a famous uh, all-star later in his life. Uh, they're thinking maybe they need to sell the team, abandon it all together. The Silnas are totally in flux at this point. When finally the NBA approaches the ABA about a merger, their saviors have finally come. So out of all the ABA teams that exist, the NBA only chooses four of the ABA teams to merge into the NBA. And those teams are the Denver Nuggets, the Indiana Pacers, the New York Nets, who would later become the New Jersey Nets, and the San Antonio Spurs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Shout out to my boy Kawhi. 
the teams that were left out from the ABA were the Virginia Squires, who folded before the merger even came, the Kentucky Colonels, and the Spirits of St. Louis. Now, for two of those guys, I totally understand why they were left out of the ABA. The Virginia Squires? I don't know which part is worse, okay? You've got Virginia, which, what else is in Virginia? What's in your entire state? <laughs> and that, well then, so you love, okay, you love Virginia. I get it. You're mad at me. But you can agree with me on this. Nobody's going to buy a jersey that says Squires on the front. You think that looks cool? <laughs> Nobody's buying a t-shirt that says, I'm a big Squires guy. I don't even know what they say. What, what does the back say? Hear ye, hear ye. Virginia Squires, you folded for a reason, and you should have done better marketing. Now, the Kentucky Colonels, they were doing okay. You know why? Because they were owned by John Brown. Who's John Brown? Well, if you're thinking the Kentucky Colonels would be a perfect fit to be advertised with KFC, uh-oh. You're totally right because John Brown, the owner of the Kentucky Colonels, is also at the time the largest shareholder of KFC and later becomes <laughs> the governor of Kentucky. I really like the fact that Kentucky citizens were like, oh, chicken and basketball who could possibly be more american than this leader john brown he sells food in buckets and also pays guys to make buckets but dumb <laughs> but luckily for the, uh, the Kentucky Colonels and the Spirits of St. Louis, they're both offered $3 million to fold. The Colonels are going to go for it. John Brown takes the money and is like, perfect, I'll see you guys in a couple of years when I'm governor. The Spirits of St. Louis, the Silna brothers, and their lawyer, Donald Shupak, say, no, no, no. We don't want the $3 million. We're going to make our own deal. We're going to hold out a little bit and make sure that the Silna brothers get what they wanted in the first place, and that is a good investment, a good outcome. If they can't have a basketball team, that's the very best next thing for them. So the Silnas and Shupak push for a deal where they will be paid for any players of theirs that would be drafted by the NBA teams, and this got them $2.2 million. They were hoping Moses Malone was going to give them a little bit more, but it turns out that it wasn't going to be the case, and so they fell a little bit short of that $3 million. But there was also one other clause in there that is not only our loophole, but is the sole reason that this is considered the best sports deal ever made. The Silnas had it in their contract that they would get one-seventh of a share of media rights for each of the four teams that were adopted from the ABA by the NBA. To break that down a little bit more so it's easier to understand, they would get one-seventh of the media share rights for the Denver Nuggets. One-seventh share 
for the media rights for the Indiana Pacers, one seventh share for the New York Nets, and one seventh share for the San Antonio Spurs. Altogether, this made about 57% of one whole share of media rights uh, for those four teams. Now, in 1976, when this deal happened, radio was big, but listening to basketball, listening to sports on the radio, it wasn't huge. People weren't really doing it. And TV time was uh, almost unheard of for basketball. I mean, even the, the, the absolute highlight of the season, the NBA Finals, would be taped and they would just play highlights after the 11 o'clock news on, a, on whatever day that they felt like it. So nobody thought that these media rights were anything. They were insignificant. And because of that, they let them get away with the loophole inside the loophole. These media rights would be owned by the Silnas and by Shupak in perpetuity. Forever. Now, I don't know what the NBA lawyers were thinking but if you let somebody own anything in perpetuity, these days, you're, you're outcast as a lawyer. You're considered a fraud, a phony, a fake. They teach this like day two in law school. And that's exactly because of this deal. The NBA lawyers let the Selnas and Shupak get away with slipping in perpetuity in there. And those media rights, as we all know, would become very, very valuable in the future as people stream more and more basketball. But at first, the brothers didn't really make that much money. It remained insignificant for the 70s. And they were making a couple thousand dollars, a couple tens of thousands of dollars. They still weren't even hitting the three million that was paid out to John Brown until basketball explodes on television in the 80s and 90s. Everybody wants to see Michael Jordan's tongue coming out with that big old dunk. People want to see Magic Johnson throwing it off the glass. If you want to hear me stop pretending like I know sports, so I'm going to move on. But there were huge deals struck with NBC, CBS, TNT, and several other networks. And suddenly, those media rights are extremely valuable. And the brothers start raking it in. To put this in perspective, in 2011, the New York Knicks made $31 million in TV revenue. The Silna brothers, who I want to remind you, in 2011 hadn't owned a basketball team for 35 years, so they've done nothing but maybe watch a game occasionally. They made $19 million that year just based off of those media rights that they owned. Now, the NBA eventually obviously gets frustrated that these Silna brothers are taking millions and millions of dollars off of them based on a deal that was done quickly in the in 76 so in 2014, after long, arduous processes, lawsuit after lawsuit of the NBA trying to get the Silna's contract nulled, saying that uh, it was signed under false pretenses, saying that the Silna's had tricked them in some way, and none of those are passing, obviously. These judges have brains. 
There were signatures all over the place. So many people had approved this deal, there was no way there was anything fishy going on. So in 2014, the NBA finally says, you know what, enough is enough, and they bought the Silna brothers out of their media rights contract straight up for $500 million. And by this point, the Silna brothers had already grossed $300 million over those years based off of their media rights. So $800 million compared to the $3 million of the original deal, I would say it's difficult for any loophole to rival this great deal in sports history. But of course, I'm going to continue to try. (laughs) This is an incredible loophole. This loophole set the precedent for many lawyers in the future to never allow the phrase in perpetuity to almost ever be put into a contract, seeing as any little thing can have value. Just because it doesn't have value now doesn't mean that you're going to want to let that other party own it for the rest of time. (laughs) I feel kind of bad if I'm giving hope to any of you hoarders out there. Your cardboard box, that's... That's trash, friend. You, you don't need to own everything in perpetuity. Your dead cat, your dead cat doesn't want to be owned in perpetuity. Give him a proper burial. Do yourself a favor. Do him a favor. Take a shower. Showers should be in perpetuity. You should be doing that all the time. Anyway, the Silna brothers did very good for themselves. Dan continued to run a photo finishing business until 2008 and then switched over to owning a media relations business in New Jersey. Uh, Ozzy Silno ran an embroidery company and seemed to love it all the way until he unfortunately passed in 2016 at the age of 83. Dan and Ozzy were said to celebrate their good fortune and their good luck over the phone many, many times um, throughout their lives and enjoyed a solid and healthy life. This is the point <clears throat> this is the point in the podcast where I would do the segment Dumb Rule, which by the way, I still hate that name. So instead, I think I'm going to call it Logic or Lame. This segment is supposed to look at the rule that the loophole helped surpass and see if the reasoning for that rule was a good one or not. Considering this isn't your typical loophole, and these guys were fitting it in contractually, there really wasn't a rule to go around, so I'm just going to identify each party individually. The Silnas and Shupak? Absolutely logical. If you can make that kind of deal, do it every single time. Obviously, $800 million over $3 million? Yeah, those are the kinds of returns that people are going to smile at. The NBA lawyers, so lame. I don't know what kind of legal help the NBA was hiring in the past, but I can guarantee you they're only going to the top of the top now because of that deal. Silnas and Shupak, logical. NBA, so lame. (laughs) so lame next week you can hear me talk about the silent album that made 
thousands of dollars on Spotify without a single noise. And as always, guys, feel free to tweet me at LoopholePod. Do that shameless plug one more time, especially if you have contributed to the loophole history. If you've heard one that your friend did, if you did one yourself, if you've heard a legend of a loophole that you just are dying to share with me, please tweet it at me. Or if you have a longer story, go ahead and send it to loopholepod at gmail.com. Of course, I'll always take any feedback. I would love to interact with you guys, whether it's hate mail, love mail, or just your grocery list. I'm not going to respond to your grocery list, but I'll think it's sweet that you sent it anyway. (laughs) Uh, Join me next week, and as always, I had a ton of fun with you guys, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. All right, have a good one. Peace out.